0: The first Sunday of the NFL season is in the books. We saw incredible quarterback play from the likes of Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. We saw quite the opposite from Saints Bucks with Tom Brady and Drew Brees looking their age. We saw a huge upset in the NFC East that we'll have to talk about. Welcome to episode three of the Gardner Minshew fan club. Mitchell is unfortunately not with us today, so you're stuck with me. It would be wrong, though, to start anywhere other than our podcast namesake. Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars pulled a huge week one upset. Gardner, someone forgot to tell Gardner that they're supposed to be drafting Trevor Lawrence this year. He went out there and threw 19 of 20, 173 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, for a whopping quarterback rating of 142.3, leading the Jaguars who many thought could possibly win less than three games this year. Maybe, maybe even zero if you're being aggressive. Beat an Indianapolis Colts team who some have aspirations to potentially be one of the top four teams in the AFC. That being said, I don't think we'll be seeing this kind of play from Indianapolis. They're just too talented on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. We did see Marlon Mack go down with a season-ending injury, which you always hate to see in week one, but between Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, I think they're, they're going to be all right. Phillip Rivers looked okay, you know, other than his two picks, so I think the Colts will be okay. Jaguars won't win many games. We'll leave it at that, but great performance by Gardner Minshew. Now we'll get to the t- really high-level quarterback play we saw this weekend from the league stars. To start with, in, the, in one of the big games we featured in our last podcast in Green Bay, or between Green Bay and Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers, with what a lot of people thought was a lack of weapons, had a massive performance in Minneapolis against a, a real big division rival with title aspirations. Aaron Rodgers finished the day 32 of 44 for 364 yards and four touchdowns. Devontae Adams had a monster game with 14 receptions, 100, 156 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones even got into some action with 16 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. And for an offense that was looking like it might be pretty flat this year with no, no real second option out, of, in the receiving game after Adams, Rodgers showed he still had a lot in the tank and why... The draft pick of Jordan Love just makes no sense. He's got enough left. He's playing great football against a good team in week one. This is this is something interesting to look out for. We were saying last time the Packers are a team that had a great season last year that we were thinking could potentially miss the playoffs this year. And it was mostly due to their offense. We didn't think they'd be able to put up the points. And they scored thir- 43 points on Minnesota. It was, it was no joke on defense. They missed Emerson Griffin, who's no longer there. They missed Daniel Hunter, who's injured but that's still there's still some guys that can play football on that side of the ball. Really impressive game from Rodgers. So that's that's a team to look out for if they can stay hot on offense. We also saw a really great quarterback play from the reigning MVP Lamar Jackson. Last year the all the talk with Lamar was how great he was with his legs, but the question was could he throw the ball and yesterday went 20 of 25 for 275 yards and three touchdowns. That's that's really good throwing of the football of Lamar that's that's something to be scary for Kansas City because the biggest argument against the Ravens is they're great in the regular season they run the ball with ease. they play great defense control the time of possession but when you get to the playoffs does that style of football work and can Lamar make the big throw when it matters most he looked really good week one that that's a scary sight for teams in the AFC North the AFC in general and the whole league if he can keep that up we also saw Kyler Murray, big game on the ground especially, with 91 yards rushing and a touchdown. Found DeAndre Hopkins at seeming, at will seemingly targeted him 19 times in his debut with the team for 14 catches for 151 yards. This Cardinals team is very interesting. They knock off the defending NFC champs in the 49ers. Some are predict- predicting a slight drop-off for the 49ers, but this is still a really good defensive team. Jimmy Garoppolo even looked pretty good with 259 yards and two touchdowns before not being able to come through on the game winning drive. But Arizona going in getting this week one win, I'm not sure if I'm putting too much stock in this from a San Francisco side. But Arizona's holding that team to 20 points having the big game from Kyler Murray, who was 26 of 40, 230 yards and a touch, one touchdown, one pick which doesn't look great. But then you have to remember he's playing the 49ers defense. And his 13 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Just add that all up. They total the total yardage he's putting up. This Cardinal team is a scary team, like we said last time, if they can just continue to get stops. So that was another perf- impressive performance. And I think the most impressive quarterback performance I saw was from Russell Wilson. My pick for MVP, he's just, he's that guy, if you didn't know already. He's had a monster game in Atlanta in the season opener. This is this was the I think this is the best one o'clock game going in. Just all the talent on both both teams' offenses. Russell Wilson goes thirty one of thirty five, three hundred and twenty two yards, four touchdowns. He also managed three carries for twenty nine yards, and it's just he's a machine. Thirty one of thirty five, and it's not like he's throwing these dink and dunk passes like some teams do. He's throwing it down the field. D.K. Metcalf had four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. He even had a huge drop. Wilson should have had another completion. The Seahawks offense is absolutely terrifying. You got Chris Carson's solid as always in the backfield. Carlos Hyde's a good runner. And then Russell Wilson just unleashed the passing game. And I'm glad to see that this Seahawks team is trusting him with that. Obviously, they do. He's their leader. He's their best player. He has been for years. But there have been times... The P. Carrolls, it seems like he's reluctant to let Russell Wilson completely unleash what he has. Of course, the one time he doesn't do that was in the Super Bowl the goal, at the one yard line, but that's, that's a story for another time. But Russell Wilson really went out there and outdueled Matt Ryan, who had a pretty good game 37 of 54, 450 yards and two touchdowns. Really big offensive game from those two teams. But Russell Wilson was fantastic. So between those four quarterbacks I just said who got week, big week one wins, that was, really, that was really impressive from them. No preseason, no practice, or a little bit of practice, but no preseason. Really, really good stuff and exciting to watch. We really missed football. The game of the week that we were all looking forward to, or possibly the game of the season even, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski go to New Orleans to play the Saints, the reigning division champs, and what happened? Well, the two quarterbacks who people consider all-time greats, rightfully so, did not play good football. That's, that's as best as I could put it. Tom Brady went a very pedestrian 23 of 36, 239 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, including a big pick six in an 11-point game. Drew Brees, on the other hand, 18 of 30, 160 yards, two touchdowns. These two guys, I mean, I don't know what you I don't know what we continue to expect from them, but it's they've continued to live up or exceed expectations of the latter parts of their career, but this is not the game where we saw them throwing it down the field like we thought. Mike Evans had one catch rob gronkowski had one catch the tampa bay offense was just very flat but i what what do you expect in in their first game of the season i do expect them to get better it won't be so won't be so technical and almost like forced i think moving forward in the season my biggest comparison to this is it seems like the tampa bay front office is trying to play madden football but they just put all the best players together on the same team with the highest overalls and think it works. But they just have it, it seems like Tom Brady's running an offense, he's not comfortable with him. Certain, certain some of his out routes, some of his deep balls, he's just he doesn't have that arm strength and time and decision making anymore. It's just he looks uncomfortable sometimes, which is very rare to see out of him. And Drew Brees did not look sharp. But the Saints just have too many good players on each side of the ball, I think. Camara wasn't even their leading rusher. Latavius Murray led the team in carries and yards with 15 carries for 48 yards. But you see Kamara dominated from a fantasy perspective. He still had 12, only 12 carries for 16 yards. But he did get a touchdown. And then the receiving game, five catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown out of the backfield, which was impressive. Michael Thomas, surprisingly, had a really, really disappointing game. Three catches, 17 yards. He did get injured, though. So wishing wishing him the best. He's currently questionable for their next for their next game. Chris Godwin had a good game. Six catches, seventy nine yards. Nothing nothing crazy, but solid outing out of Godwin. We did not see much Leonard Fournette. Five carries for five yards. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but New Orleans definitely set the tone in their first matchup of the year between these two rivals. It'll be interesting to see though how Tampa Bay progresses throughout the year and if they can get better which I'm sure they will and everyone expects them to. And then New Orleans, they need to they need to start looking more sharp, I think. They getting this win is a big step. It looks good, 34 not, or 34-23. But I think I think there's a little bit of a little bit of room for concern. It's not I don't think many teams would have lost to this Bucks team week 1. It's just too much, too much change, too much new I think the Buccaneers were set up to have a tough start of the season, especially with no preseason or training camp, or a very different form of training camp, I should say. So, yeah, the Saints get this big Week 1 win, but we'll see how it goes moving forward. I think the most, other than the maybe the Jacksonville and Indianapolis game, the most surprising outcome from Week 1 so far has definitely been the Washington football team beating the Philadelphia Eagles in their opener. The Eagles got out and looked great early, 17 0, exactly as everyone expected them to. You have the Eagles, who I think are fairly the fairly solid favorites in that division. And a lot of people like the Cowboys. But I the Eagles were the favorite to win that division, and rightfully so. They have good players returning on both sides of the ball. They have they they're coming off a Super Bowl win only two years ago. But that was they laid an egg in that second half. That was it was tough to watch especially as a Carson Wentz fantasy owner It was brutal too late inter- an interception at the end of the half another interception in the second half big fumble at the end and you just watch that 17 nothing lead just drip 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 away until that 27-17 final for Washington so one topic that we we're gonna hit was is this more of a concern for the Eagles or is this more impressive for the Washington football team and I think it's I think it's fair to say that this was more impressive for the Washington football team. For a young team with not very high hopes, a lot of change going on in that organization. I don't know. I think their win total this year was only projected to be around maybe four or five games. And those are always generous because Chiefs are only projected 11. It's, they're always very rounded and sent towards, toward more of... Sent, most of the projections are always closer to eight games than they should be. The Chiefs are going to win more than 11 games. But their projection was by far the most in the NFL at 11. And the worst team in the league, the Jaguars, had six. So I think... But yeah, expectations were very low for this Washington team. But give all the credit to Ron Rivera. It seems like he's really put in, that, put in a new culture in that team without Gruden there. And they came out and after they got down early but they just kept fighting. Chase Young looks fantastic on defense, the number 2 overall pick in the draft. He went out had a monster game. That whole defensive line, they're young, they're hungry. It, I think it's a very underrated defensive line, not not based on the talent that it's that it's underrated. Just I think a lot of people thought it was a year or two away from really being dominant, and they just they just tore up that very suspect Philly offensive line. I don't know if I would be too concerned as an Eagles fan though you have Miles Sanders their number one offensive player. He just did, he didn't play. He was he was out with a, an injury. And that forced guys like Boston Scott and Corey Clement to step up and they didn't they didn't pull through put a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz to have a huge game through 42 passes completed only 24. I think it's a tough situation to put a quarterback in that position where you have to win it with your arm without much help in the running game and you have a very big deficit at the wide receiver position. Ertz and Goddard are great. Everyone knows how good Ertz is. Goddard had a huge game. Eight catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. But that offense is built around the success of Miles Sanders, both running the ball and catching it out of the backfield. And without him, it just changes everything. It puts a lot of pressure on Jalen Rager to step up. And he had, he had a couple of big moments, had a big 50-yard catch. But he's not ready to be a number one wide receiver. Deshaun Jackson is always wildly inconsistent. So I don't, I wouldn't put too much stock into this game as an Eagles fan. It's an unfortunate loss. You need to recover. You need to recover quick. It's not a a sport with 16-game season where we can just start 0-3 and expect to be fine. So the Eagles, I think, got to turn it around. They missed an opportunity for one of those gimme wins that you just assume to get. And that's, Tough loss for them. The next spot we'll jump to is the Patriots and Dolphins. Pats win a defensive battle, 21-11. Both teams look pretty solid on defense, given neither offense is super explosive. I'm sorry, Mitchell, when you hear this, and we're talking about your Pats um, for a decent amount of time without you here. But... We saw Cam Newton have a big game. 15 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns, which is very unusual from a New England offense to see that much mobility out of the quarterback position after so many years of Tom Brady. But Newton even threw the ball pretty well. 15 of 19, 155 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. But this team is not going to be built around them constantly throwing the ball. This is not That's not who they are. It's, it's never really been who they are, but especially now it's not. Something that I think we're going to see much out of them. So Cam Newton get 15 carries. Sony Michelle had 10 carries. Rex Burkhead had 7 carries. J.J. Taylor had 4 carries. Edelman even got one, and James White got 5. All of those names I just mentioned that got carries for New England had over 20 yards of rushing. Had a big game on the ground as a team. 217 yards and 3 touchdowns. That's, That's a welcoming sight from New England. Seeing that they could run the football... Miami's not the best team. I think they're much improved over last year. Fitzpatrick had a miserable game. But we still saw the New England defense play well without some some of their players, like Van Noy, who's now on the Dolphins. And then after having a couple other players opt out, the defense was still solid looking. They got three picks off of Fitzpatrick. And they ran the ball effectively, and they made the throws when they needed to throw them. And Cam Newton, it's just a whole new offense. that Nobody's ever seen this before. There was no game plan going in. Ooh, that's that's my bad. That sound wasn't supposed to come in. But yeah, impressive game from the Patriots. I don't think this is a sign where it's like, oh, wow, Cam Newton looks great. The the Patriots are back in contention in the AFC. No, they're, they're not there. They're not. I don't think this game made them, in my opinion, any closer to being contenders than they already were. I think this more confirms the idea that they can still be a playoff team, 9-7, and seven, get in there, maybe win a game or two. But yeah, Bill Belichick gets the win before Tom Brady, given he played the Dolphins and Brady played the Saints. But still interesting to see New England. Completely a new era. But they came out, they played harder, they got the win. And it looked like certain guys on the team have looked like they were having more fun than they've ever had, which is an interesting... Interesting dynamic on the team. It's obviously the locker room is significantly different when you flip out your leader in Tom Brady for Cam Newton. Nothing against Tom Brady, but he's just a... He's not the live personality that Cam Newton is. Now we look at last week's bold predictions that we had. And I'm not to pat myself on the back, but Mitch Trubisky did not look good for the first three quarters. But my... My don't be surprised when, yeah, don't be surprised when was that Mitchell Trubisky would remind us why he was the first quarterback taken in his draft class. And the great ones, like he's being compared to with Mahomes and Watson, they come through when it matters the most, which is the fourth quarter, and the Lions Lions blew this one. Trubisky finished 20 of 36, 242 yards, and three touchdowns, no picks meaning his fourth consecutive game against the Lions with three touchdowns and no interceptions, which is very rare for a quarterback like Trubisky, who's historically been a bust. But another big game out of him. He came through, got them the win. We'll see if they can keep this momentum going. I mean, scored 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. That's, it says something. I mean, they they had no business winning this game, especially the way they started. They were down 23-6. to And they should have lost the game at the end if DeAndre Swift could hold on to the football, but Bears Bears hold on, get the win. My my prediction, it came through a little at least a little bit. Mitchell's with Jacoby Myers. I'm not sure how that one went. I'm gonna look right now. I the Pats only threw for 155 yards. I'm not sure how many Myers had, given that Edelman led the team with fifty seven yards. Let's see here. Ooh, keeps going. Well, he had no catches. So I think I'm going to take the win this week in the don't be surprised win. But like I said, we are not going to hold this against Mitchell. These are bold predictions and bold predictions only. That'll take us to our Monday night games tonight. We got some good matchups for a Monday night game. We all They're, all, they're always fairly good matchups Monday night in primetime. They try to make them entertaining at least more than Thursdays. We have the Steelers and the Giants, and we have the Broncos and the Titans. Two, Two very intriguing matchups, if you think about it. You have Pittsburgh, who last year had a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and I'm not going to be biased here because they're my favorite team. That's how good their defense was last year. The offense, on the other hand, would have struggled to score points in a high school football game. Hodges and Rudolph were tough to watch at times. It didn't help that James Conner's inconsistent health made it harder on them because they couldn't run the football either. But it was brutal on offense, but between Tomlin's coaching and the defense, they still managed to win eight games and be in contention to make the playoffs up until the final week with, again, a JV starting quarterback. So now they get Ben Roethlisberger back. James Conner appears to be healthy. The defense is back loaded back and loaded. You draft Chase Claypool. Juju's healthy again. The the Steelers are a team to watch out for. My expectations are not super high. And by super high I mean Super Bowl. They they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to come in second in the division behind Baltimore. But Pittsburgh's a team to look out for. If Ben Roethlisberger plays like he did two years ago, which everyone forgets when Mahomes won MVP and had this incredible fifty touchdown season, Roethlisberger led the league in passing. That was that was true. He had a monster season that year, and if he can have any sort of that, now that they finally have this caliber defense. It seems like Pittsburgh's ever it's it's been flip flop. They've either had a great defense or a great offense. This year, we know they're gonna have a great defense if they can get some offensive production. That's something to watch out for. Then with the Giants, you have first game under Joe Judge. You got to see the continued development of guys like Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. See how if Evan Ingram can stay on the field and be one of the best tight ends in the league, like his talent says he would be. The Giants are not a team expected to win a lot of games. But we saw the Washington football team pull up a big upset against against a Pennsylvania team. The Giants will look to do the same in their home opener with a new head coach. I feel confident in saying Pittsburgh wins this one. But don't be surprised if the Giants were to go out. If Ben doesn't look good, he looks super rusty, Saquon tears it up. This is not a it's not as much of a pick the Steelers and forget about it kind of game. I think this is this is one to watch out for. Then we have Denver and Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a season in which they finished in the AFC Championship game, coming up short to the Chiefs after blowing a lead, and you have the Broncos, who are a very, I think, a very, very interesting team. Losing Von Miller for the season, that, that hurts. Because having a dominant pass rusher like he is, it just completely changes the dynamics of your team. Von Miller is a complete game-changer. He, he's the difference between that defense being really good and being very average. So it looks like they're going to be pretty average on defense. If they can still get good def- defensive play, good. That's a that could be a big thing because their offense is scary. This de- this Denver team, the entire NFC West is or AFC West is very talented on the offensive side of the ball. And this Denver team, I think, as a franchise moving forward, will go as far as Drew Locke takes it. I'm not sure if Cortland Sutton's playing tonight. He was questionable and was looking like he was unlikely to play. But between Sutton and Judy, two, those could be that could be a wide receiver pairing to watch out for. Judy is one of the highest rated prospects in the draft that we've seen in years. Sutton had a big year last year, and they also drafted a guy named KJ Hamler from Penn State who was a speed demon. Great slot receiver. So between all those guys catching passes, you have Noah Fant, the big time tight end. You have Phillip Lindsay, and you have Melvin Gordon, the new addition in the backfield. This is a scary offense in terms of weapons. If Drew Locke can come out and look like he did at the end of last season and continue to take these steps forward, being a big time playmaker, watch out for Denver. This is a team that I think is similar to Arizona in the NFC, where if they get good defensive play, they have young talent on the offensive end, but they have that young talent can play. And then with Tennessee, we see again, like I said, a team coming off an AFC, an AFC runner up performance. They add the likes of and Clowney who was disappointing last year in his sack total, but he was still a very, very influential player in all of his games, always made a big impact. He disrupts everything. He's, he's very talented. They already had a really solid defense. Not It's not a defense that you look at and it's like, wow, I don't think we're scoring this week. But the Tennessee defense always, they hold their own. They hold their own. And with Derrick Henry in the backfield, magic happens. He's It's tough to tackle that guy. It really is. And Tannehill's a good. He showed some things, and he was rewarded with a big contract. AJ Brown's a good player. It'll t- Tennessee. I think, especially after watching Indianapolis and Houston in Week One, this is I think a big game for Tennessee to come out and show we're the top dog in the division. We're the team to beat. I don't. They can really make this is this is a week where they can make up some ground because. Indianapolis was really penciled in to start one and zero against Jacksonville, and they they laid an egg. If Denver were, were to pull up this, or if Denver were to pull this off at home, we would see the Jaguars in first place in the in the AFC South. After Houston, Indianapolis, and Tennessee would lose. But I'm not I'm not there. I like I do like Denver a lot this season. I think they can develop and have a big season. But week one with Clowney, I think the Titans are just a team where there's. Very consistent in the way they play. They're going to pound the ball. With defenses not having real reps to face offenses, Derrick Henry might have a huge game tonight, just running it right down the middle. Defense, defensive players are not used to tackling. We did see some tackling issues last uh, yesterday. So I think I think this is a Tennessee win, and I think Pittsburgh wins it in the earlier game. Then let's see. Our Thursday night game next week. I do not think this is one we really want to look forward to. We had a great Thursday night game this week between the defending champion Chiefs and the Texans with a lot of really big-time players, two of the faces of the league at quarterback. And this next week, we come back with the Bengals and the Browns. That'll That'll be football, so everyone will take it. No complaints. But that's not going to be our favorite football game to watch. It's just not. I think Cleveland Cleveland gets the win. They got blown out by got blown out by Baltimore. You see Cincinnati losing a heartbreaking missed field goal chip shot against the LA Chargers. But I think the Browns are a better team. They saw better competition in Week One, and I think they're they're a franchise. They they need to win. they' it's put up or shut up time for the Browns. They had, they had that end of the season last year, or two years ago, with Baker Mayfield, where they went 6-7 and seven to end the year, and all of a sudden these expectations got so high. Then they trade for Odell Beckham, they get all these other weapons, and last year they were utterly disappointing, and then come out and look terrible week one. This, this is a big season for Baker Mayfield. He could, he could be in serious risk of losing his fifth year extension that the Browns might not want to pick up and extend him to be their long-term starting quarterback. If he were to go out and lose to Cincinnati, that is really not a good look, especially to rookie Joe Burrow. I think it's put-up-or-shut-up time for the Browns. they got to win that game. I think they have way more on the line. Have the home game. I'll take the Browns. Well, thanks for bearing with me for today. Mitchell will possibly be back for Friday's episode where we'll go over... We'll go over that browns bengals matchup, see who gets a win in the AFC North. And then we'll preview next Sunday with some big Week 2 games. Thank you. This has been the Gardner Minshew Fan Club Podcast.